Bienvenue les dames, les germes et les personnes de tous les genres à Art Real Films, un podcast où deux frères et sœurs découtent les films de horreur basés sur un thème. Je m'appelle Taylor, une femme qui parle français et mon co-animateur est... Yeah. <laughs> Is that me? Curtis. I'm Curtis. How's it going? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why I was like, I was just waiting. I was sweating. Oh, I knew I could do it, though. I feel like I just ran a race, so yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Just do it again. Let's just do it again. Anyway, for those of you who don't speak French like I do, or, you know, like Curtis, um, this is Ah Real Films, uh, a podcast where two siblings discuss horror films based on a theme, and our theme this week is New French Extremity, hence my um, obnoxious introduction. Uh, but before obnoxious. we get started, and also kind of along with our theme... It's time to pop some bottles. <laughs> okay, wait. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. But you want to pop on, it right now? now? I feel like okay. I can't do it Go ahead, my Chanel. hands are so slippery. Okay, oh, Chanel's ready? Doing it. It's fine. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Chanel. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, there it is. That was <laughs> Mine didn't loud. pop. It was just a stupid twist <laughs> off. God, that's oh, disappointing. Damn. damn. Well, Chanel, I'm going to pour her a glass of champagne, too, so we can clink. Oh, that sounds uh, like a great idea. I'll clink. But then I'm going to drink her champagne. Okay, I'm going to clink because I have two glasses on my end, so I'll make a clinking noise, too. Oh, that's wonderful. I have poured half a glass for myself and half a glass for you, and I drink both of them. All right, let's do it right over the microphone. Yeah, one, two, three. (laughs) That was beautiful. Oh, wow. Wow, we're not going to edit any of that out too. So that okay, sounds um, perfect. Uh, do you I want know, to explain why say, we're celebrating? People with must be extremely confused. So we decided to pop some bottles, not only because this is our twentieth episode and we are doing a French theme, so champagne, but also because we have over a thousand total listeners across all of our episodes. Woo! Yes, nice, nice, and uh, just so the listeners know, I want to thank my beautiful girlfriend Chanel for opening up that bottle of champagne for me because I'm afraid to me open as up well. bottles of champagne. So I had to suffer on my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, do you, what, uh, what champagne okay, are you drinking, so, Taylor? Uh, I had actually bought myself some uh, cupcake Prosecco, um, but Ooh. then I sent my boyfriend, Justin, alone into the world, a.k.a. into World Market, and he came back with the widest mm. variety of alcoholic beverages I've ever seen in my life. Um, he got a Stroopwafel-flavored wine beverage. Um, I've never seen such a thing in my life. But then he also... That is the most bizarre thing I've well, ever Well, I'm obsessed heard in my with Stroopwafel, and then he found that, and he got really excited, which was very sweet. Um, he got That's me, though, nice. a tiny individual bottle of uh, Martini and Rossi Asti sparkling wine. So, yes, it's, mm, it's very sweet. Nice. Well, I'm going with the old uh, Andre Extra Dry. Uh, from the gas station around the corner from me. So God, that's what you I'm know what, Andre? Andre just tastes like being 19 years old. God, I used to drink so much Andre. I hope that uh, the vomit <laughs> that I... I hope I hopefully don't produce any vomit because uh, the Andre flavor vomit <laughs> is the worst variety, I have to say. Well, I just... Um, but no, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. This is very, We're bo- both very excited to have you know gotten to a thousand 
uh, streams and to be in our 20th episode, uh, coincidentally. But thank you to everyone who's listened and who um, shared with other people. Yeah, we really, really and I mean, not least of all, because we got to pop some champs on the show, which we had never done before and Mm -hmm. which I do love doing because it's extremely fancy. So. Let's just do it yeah, on the 25th episode, Yeah, I think we should just do it on too. every episode, regardless of whether we're actually going to drink champagne. Just, like, the sound yeah. I love. But um, while we're mm-hmm. kind of still on the topic, I did want to say as well, thank you to everyone for listening and for sharing our podcast. And if you could take a second to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, we really – there's it's pretty important to, like, rate and review our podcast on iTunes because it kind of helps us get a little bit more visibility. And we've been pretty stagnant at the same number of um, rates and reviews on the Apple podcast app. So if you haven't already, if you could write us a short review and give us five stars, that would really be appreciated because we know a lot of our friends listen um, and you might be waiting for someone else to do it, but you should do it too. So Mm -hmm. you I was trying to I was trying to keep that like really positive and then you came in um but anyway let's get let's kind of get into our um topic let's put that aside that was pleasant but now it's time to get into um Mm. one of the more depressing I would say recent genres of horror new French extremity so this was my Mm -hmm. uh topic this is my turn turn to choose the topic and i started thinking about this after our j-horror episode because we did j-horror specifically after ringu so that was the early 2000s and i started thinking about other films that kind of came around out around that era because that was the first period of time in which i started becoming aware of horror films and one of the genres that popped into my head was what is called new french extremity so this these are films um I would say from about 2002 to 2010, although uh, the recent film Raw, which came out in 2016, is also sometimes lumped into this genre, which I find a little strange. But um, There's also um, a film by Pascal Langier that came out last year, Ghostland or Incident in a Ghostland, that kind of there was rumblings about French extreme horror still being like active after that movie came out as last year as well. So it does kind of linger into present. Right. And I, and that is the director of martyrs, which is kind of one of the hallmark films Mm -hmm. of new French extremity. And so I always thought, well, maybe that's why, because it's the same uh, director, but yeah, there are a few recent films that fall into that genre. Anywho. So yes. So I would say that new French extremity is primarily a genre of films that came out in the French language, though not necessarily only by French as in from France directors um, that was popular in the early 2000s. And according to the greatest source of all information of all time, Wikipedia, uh, While the new French extremity refers to a stylistically diverse group of films and filmmakers, it has been described as a crossover between sexual decadence, bestial violence, and troubling psychosis. The new French extremity movement has roots in art house and horror cinema. According to film blogger Matt Smith, this tradition has recently shoved its way very consciously into France's genre endeavors. Says Smith, this new crop of horror is something altogether entirely different, concerned as much with gender identity as it is with sheer taboo breaking of the screen images of bodies. So the reason why I kind of wanted to go into defining what new French extremity is, is because besides just their sheer violence and gore, 
there aren't a ton of common themes. Now, there are some common themes that to me are kind of problematic that I do want to get into a little later. But I did find it kind of hard when I was trying to think of a definition of new French extremity to to determine what exactly it is. So I don't know if you have any opinions on that topic or if you have any um, ways that you would describe this genre. I guess, you know, this is, uh, it's arguable what defining theme there is throughout uh, the movies of the uh, French extreme cinema. But I would say that all of the films that I've seen from this movement and, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15 films that I've seen of of, of French uh, extreme uh, cinema, I think most, if not all of them, use the extreme violence in the film to make their like social point there i think it's which is notable i think in a comparison to something like torture porn uh you know like the saw movies the hostile movies things of that nature whereas the violence doesn't really contribute it's arguable but certainly like in the saw movies or in the hostile sequels um the violence doesn't contribute more than like what you're seeing on screen. Whereas in a film like Martyrs, which I'll use an ex- as an example, because neither of us are sort of discussing that film today, the violence is like the central point of the themes in the f- uh, of the film. Like the violence has a greater purpose rather than just titillating the audience. And uh, in fact, a lot of times the violence in these films aren't like where you have in Saw, where like the enjoyment of the film has to do with like these interesting contraptions, the interesting way that the characters get maimed or killed. The violence in a film like Martyrs or in a film like Irreversible or uh, Inside is really brutal and not enjoyable. It's not meant to titillate. Um, it is meant to kind of provide some sort of social commentary um, and like I said, I think that's kind of a through line of what the directors want to accomplish in these films. I think they do it to varying degrees because a lot of times I think that, I mean, violence is violence. You know, killing someone is killing someone. I think there are limits to that approach, but I think the films that do that well are very effective in their use. And I think there are some smart directors in uh, the French extreme cinema that kind of employ this tactic to really really mm-hmm. effective use uh so that would that would kind of be what i think kind of connects all of these yeah. films um well speaking kind of of that i don't know um how much googling you did prior to the show i i did i did, did a quite googling. a bit of googling do you know how the term new french extremity was coined um if i remember correctly i could not i know it was coined by a particular individual but i think it was done exactly yeah so it was coined by a critic named james quant uh for a website called art forum and the the (laughs) the yes very uh so the um article that he coined this term in is called flesh and blood sex and violence in recent french cinema and so he like I didn't read the entire article, to be honest with you, because it was behind a paywall and we don't get paid to do this podcast. Um, However, he basically did a dressing down of recent French films and pretty much was like, what is the point? You know, like what what are these films trying to say? And he had a lot of like violence for violence sakes arguments, which nowadays, you know, I think he wrote this in about 
2005, 2004. Nowadays, I feel like horror Mm. critics and horror fans have a little bit more tolerance for what might have been referred to as violence for violence sakes. Like you were saying, um, the violence isn't fun to watch, but you do feel like it kind of serves a purpose when done correctly. And he, I think people took umbrage at his article because he didn't really seem to notice any kind of nuance in these films. And of course, you know, it's his prerogative if he doesn't like this type of film. Like I can, I can kind of see it. And and even though I picked this topic, it's not really my favorite genre either. Um, yeah, I was actually really. This is more of like a me topic. I was really surprised. When I was you trying chose to be cool, one, but very, very pleased that you did. I'm glad to well, talk about. Well, and this he topic. actually did a follow up. Well, he didn't. Uh, uh, yes, he did, he wrote a follow up. Sorry, at first I thought it was a different author, but he wrote a follow up um, in 2016 called 12 years later the new french extremity is still pissing people off i guess him and then the tagline that says tiff senior programmer james quant is not sorry so he basically defends this article that he wrote and said and obviously he said he didn't expect it to cause such a wave he didn't intend to name a whole subgenre because uh filmmakers did start kind of reclaiming this term new french extremity um and and publishing films under that name um And I just thought it was interesting. The last paragraph of this uh, article that he wrote 12 years later says, what then was the new French extremity? A manifestation of cultural and political impasse, an anxious reaction to fin du siècle and the late capitalist condition the French call Preclair, a short-lived resurgence of the violational tradition of French culture, also reflected in contemporaneous literature, the willful imposition of thematic pattern on a disparate and disconnected group of films. In the waning days of the phenomenon, the answer appears no clearer, but many of its films have quickly come to look like desperate artifacts. But um, the reason why I wanted to read that was, yeah, I mean, he clearly doesn't like this subgenre. Again, that's fine for yeah. him. I didn't yeah. find a ton of article, like positive articles about this subgenre. It was a lot of kind of reactionary articles to his original article. Um, but I did think mm-hmm. it was funny that he kind of related this genre of films to earlier French history. And I'm not by any means like a scholar of French history, but obviously what I think of first and what a lot of people think of first is like the French Revolution and about how France does have like a very bloody history of like class warfare essentially and he's saying that again in reaction to class struggles like it just so happens that this is the the genre of film that came out so i don't know if you maybe have any like comments about that i thought that was really interesting well i gotta say like i guess this type of genre coming from french filmmakers is not surprising and i think you know, a lot of the themes that are tackled in some of these films, and I'm sure we'll talk about this um, as we go into our specific films, but a lot of themes that are uh, tackled in these films are ones that we would more associate with, like, I guess, progressive or left-wing ideology. There's a lot of films about kind of, like, you know, Martyrs is kind of about, like, the nature of violence and oppression. You have uh, Inside is kind of about, um, you know, female bodily autonomy. You have... Other films from the French extreme uh, the, the movement that are about the kind of the rise of white right wing politics. And, um, you know, it tackles like themes that kind of like, quite frankly, you would expect the French to tackle because, you know, the French are stereotyped as kind of like lefties and, you know, like um, like you said, kind of 
uh, very class conscious. But I don't. I think there is some issues with the way that some of these films do employ violence. And again, I'm sure we'll get in, more into this when we discuss our films, because I know I'll get into it when I discuss uh, my film. But the violence that against you know uh, against human beings isn't when you're talking about like you know for example uh female bodily autonomy what you're trying to say is we want to cease violence against women's bodies yet this film is about like extreme violence against women's bodies and i think there while a lot of these films use violence to great effect to make their point the fact of the matter is we are still watching something that is really like not very palatable to the average person and still very very disturbing like for example i mean you know going back to inside like the things that happen in that film like you know there are certain points in that film where you think well you you can make this point without kind of giving us all of that and i'm anybody that's seen this film i'm talking about okay the we all like, we all know what you're you talking know, about you don't have to dwell on it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but i do think i think it's interesting um like Intellectually, I think it's really interesting to you the concept of using violence to make a commentary on violence, either generally or more specifically, like violence against specific types of people. However, there's always going to be that tension, and I think that inherent flaw when we're kind of like consuming that, because you know I think there are those gore, like gorehounds out there who enjoy like torture porn films aren't going to get that message. They're just going to think what's happening mm-hmm. is really really cool. So I think there are kind of limitations to that um to to that the use of that mechanism and i think going back to what you were originally discussing about this kind of being like a french phenomenon i do think it's really cool that horror directors in france have found a way to incorporate these aspects of like french culture french you know that type of stuff into their films i just i think it does have a limited effectiveness um you know, in terms of the, kind of the it, it, this is I'm saying this as a fan of of like extremely violent mm-hmm. movies as well. You know, I, I I have a very strong stomach when it comes to this I kind do of not, stuff, and yeah. I can mm-hmm. see, yeah, and I can see inherent meaning in a film like Martyrs. It's it's one of my ten favorite horror films. I've talked about it all the time on this podcast. It's one of my ten favorite horror films of all time, and I think it makes a very poignant point. But I still think there are limitations. Yeah, and I like your like point that. too about like not everyone will get it because I think you and I maybe tend to assume that people will read a lot of meaning into films because that's what we do, especially horror films, when we know a lot of the backstory. But I would venture to say most people watching films do not mentally dig deeper into them because films are entertainment. And and so you and most people take them at face value, which is totally fine. But I think as a filmmaker, you need to be conscious of what people taking your film at face value will see. And whether or not you're kind of okay with that. So actually the next thing that I want to get into um, just to kind of wrap up our general discussion are the problems that I and others um, have identified with the new French extremity movement, namely that a lot of the films can be kind of racist and and xenophobic specifically um, and that uh, and the violence against women which you kind of touched on now the racism and xenophobia I think are pretty present in both of the films we chose today so I'm gonna we can save that discussion for when we talk about the films but I actually wanted to talk about the violence against women and and about how some of the films can actually be seen as a reaction a negative reaction to feminism and so 
I think you can see that a little bit with inside, but I think the most blatant example of this is haute tension, uh, like high tension. Because when I first, we watched that movie together, and when we first watched it, I was like, this is awesome, because I'm very gullible, so I didn't see the twist coming. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, whoa. What do you think about that twist, by the way? Bad or good? Twist or twist? Twi- <sighs> twist or twist? See, I'm... I'm I- I think, I think it's, it's a twist. twist. I, I think it's I a think it's a twist, twist too, because and for anyone who hasn't, yeah, for anyone dumb. who hasn't seen Haute Tension or or High Tension, I would skip ahead maybe two to three minutes because it does have a twist. Okay, you've skipped ahead. It it relies on so it's like these two friends who are trying to escape from this psychopathic killer, and one of the friends starts getting more and more freaked out by the other friend, and the other friend is like, "What? We're trying to get away. We're trying to get away." And then the twist is that it's the other friend that is actually the killer that is like trying to kill her. Yeah. And she, it undermines the whole previous. Well, and it's like, it's like she has a split opinion. personality. I don't really know. But when I first watched it, I thought it was kind of cool because as I've said before, especially when we talked about misery, like I love a female villain. Um, but I read mm-hmm. some reviews of it that, that said, Oh, okay. So the strong female character that's trying to save her friend is like a psychopathic murderer and then like taking it one step further it's okay when women are independent and when women try to save themselves like they're incapable of doing it and they need men to like help them get out of situations and so i wouldn't necessarily say that's a reading of the film i agree with but kind of given other trends in films of the time i think it's troubling and it's the same thing like you were saying with with inside where where the main entertainment of a lot of these films is like the violation and violence against like women's bodies. I think reading high tension in that context makes it like, I don't know, makes it a little less enjoyable. I will still say I like high tension and I mean, I would definitely suggest people check it out, but I think the twist takes away from kind of the strong female characterization you see in like the first 90 minutes of the movie. So yeah, and I guess just to kind of wrap a bow on my thoughts about the genre, the this movement generally, my fear has always been when watching these films. So is that so you have these directors kind of like having when they discuss their films, you know, kind of discussing it in a like an intellectual way, like this is what this film is about. Like I want people to understand this because it's a very extreme film. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. My fear has always been that is like it really is about the violence and they're just Mm. saying that to like make it so they don't seem like monsters that's always been my fear about these films and i think we are watching this as kind of like trying to get meaning out of it and not as kind of like necessarily trying to get entertainment pure entertainment out of it but i don't think you know that's not the norm like you said and i think like directors saying that my fear is they're just doing that to like appeal to us so we feel good they're kind of eli rothing enjoying this they're (laughs) eli rothing it yeah yeah (laughs) that's a good term so that's always been my fear about these films and i don't know where i fall down on that uh, uh you know completely i think it's open for discussion as to whether or not these films are you know acceptable but We'll go with that they are acceptable for this episode. Yeah, and I and I will say also to wrap up, you know, wrap up our general discussion here. I think we like a lot of problematic shit. Like we like Mm -hmm. shit by directors that we know for a fact are pieces of shit. Like we like stuff that you know, especially in horror, that can have um, like racism in it, that can have homophobia, transphobia Mm -hmm. in it, and I think 
and I know we've said this before, I think it's just remaining aware of that and not letting yourself unconsciously like fall into like those problematic ways of thinking. Um, and that's why I still am like, yeah, I like high tension. You know, I think it's a fun, like exciting, scary yeah. film, but here's this problem I have with it that I'm going to keep, you know, in the forefront of my mind. So I, I agree with you. And I would say like anyone going in, not having watched any new French extremity movies before, I would just say like, Hey, be conscious of these problems. But I would say that about pretty much any genre of film ever, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. especially of horror. So, but yeah, um, all right. Well, do you want to get started um, on your film? Sure. Um, and before I get into my film, I was—I even wrote it down. I wanted to mention that my least favorite film of all time is in the French oh, uh, New Extreme okay. movement. Do you know what it is? Have I ever told you? No, I like—I like Salo. Uh, no, uh, Irreversible, uh, which came out in two thousand two. Uh, the director—I can't think of his name—came out with the movie Climax this year, which. My mind has changed on that film about four times this year. I'm now in the camp of that. I like it. But Irre- Irreversible is the most deplorable film I've ever seen. So I would highly suggest people and not I watch that. And I love using the um, word deplorable to describe films. So it's absolutely so it has, deplorable. Would you say it also, has zero I should mention uh, oh, it wow, has okay. negative I want. I'm trying to bring sure. the Slenderman yeah. scale back. I hate it. <laughs> oh, I'll bring it back later. Don't worry. Um, also, we've been mentioning inside. Uh, the French name for inside is à l'intérieur. Yes. So Beautiful. there you go. I just wanted to pull out some. Yeah, of I my was. Uh, real don't quick. worry um, if you weren't going to say it. I was going to say it. <laughs> I'm like looking for. I'm like looking for opportunities to speak French in this episode. My Chanel is going to kill me for my. She'll French kill me too, and I've studied so French that. for like six years. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, my film is uh, 2007's Frontiers, or Frontiers. Frontier. Uh, a f- well, it has yeah, an S don't at pronounce- the end. So. Okay, let's just anyway, like, general note to everybody, never pronounce the last letter of a French word. Go on. <laughs> that's so dope. That's like uh, Italian people, yeah. spaghetti, gabagol. Um, but anyway, we are getting very <laughs> off track right now. My film, as I said, is Frontiers from 2007, directed by Xavier Gens, starring Estelle Lefebvre, Samuel Lebihan, Aureline Week. Oh, and yes. Aureline Week. Excuse me. I only had three <laughs> names written down here. So this film, like I said, came out in 2007. So it kind of squarely in the middle of this movement. If you want to kind of separate it into waves, I was kind of looking at the films that are considered um, French extreme. The Kind of the first wave ended around 2008 when Martyrs came out. And then there was kind of a, there's been like a little bit of a second wave since like films like Raw, Incident in Ghostland came out. So, but I think it's probably just best to think of this as being kind of the middle. And um, I've picked this film because uh, when I originally watched it, This is one of the films I feel like kind of that's in the French New Extreme canon. There's like five films that people mention uh, right off the bat. Trouble Every Day, High Tension, Inside Martyrs, Frontiers. Those are the five films that I usually hear when I think of French New Wave. And of those five films, Frontiers is the only one that kind of didn't really, I wasn't into it. So I was really interested to pick it this time because I wanted to watch it again and kind of see if I could like, fall in love with it again because i thought it had an interesting concept especially for 2019 about you know discussing the the villains being the far right nazis all that stuff and um i'm gonna leave you guys 
on, uh, you know, with a little bit of cliffhanger here while I go through the plot first and then I'll discuss my feelings Damn. about this film. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Anyway, um, so the plot of this film, uh, very briefly, it's, you know, a lot of what happens in this film is kind of like not plot based. It's more just violence. Um, so I'll kind of give you the setup to it. Um, so in this film, there's a um, far right wing movement in France and a far right wing candidate is elected president and riots break out in Paris and, in real um, life, that op- almost while the happened, riots, too. Marine Le Pen. Well, in real life, yeah, I mean, that's hap- yeah, it's it's happening <laughs> right now, actually, in Paris. Um, so um, our main characters, Alex, Tom, Fareed, Yasmin, who goes by Yaz, or <laughs> I know. Yas, <laughs> That's what I thought uh, it was. <laughs> which I kept on saying in my head. Um, and her brother, Samly, Sammy, decide to kind of take advantage of the situation and, um, you know, rob some money, steal some money. Um, in kind of the fracas that ensues, Yaz's brother, Sammy, gets shot. Um, they take him to the hospital, but he unfortunately ends up dead. After this occurrence, um, Alex and, excuse me, let me make sure I get the, yeah, it's Alex and Yaz are the ones that take uh, Sammy to uh, the hospital. And the other two characters, Tom and Fareed, decide to escape with the money um, and you know tell Alex and Yaz that they're going out into the country and escaping to Amsterdam so they can, you know, get away from the police presence. So while Alex and Yaz are um, dropping, are at the hospital, Tom and Fareed uh, go to this uh, hotel. Hostel? I don't know what you want to call it. Hostel. Yes, right. It's a hostel. You're correct. Uh, They go out to this hostel kind of in the rural areas of France. Both of them note that they haven't really left Paris their entire lives. They're like, oh, this is the middle, middle ages. Um, they get to this hostel, and two extremely sultry women are behind the counter. And quickly, I would describe begin, neither uh, of them flirting. as sultry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how that's what we're supposed to think. But so they get flirty with one of the women, Gil, uh, Gilbert. Gil, I think, is how I think it's yeah, I think they right? call her Gil. Yeah, Gilbert. Yeah, they call her Gil, and they start getting a little. Especially Tom. Fareed is explaining he has a girlfriend. Tom gets very sexual with uh, Gilbert. They have this weird dinner scene with uh, the two girls, their brother, um, and their mother who's being fed very disgustingly. And so they get kind of freaked out and leave. And then uh, they're confronted by uh, Gilbert's brother, who uh, is very angry that Tom slept with her sister. And it's just, you know, it gets very weird. Quickly, things escalate, and all of a sudden, you know, Tom and Freed are trying to uh, escape from this hotel. Uh, things go downhill very, very quickly. And in the meantime, Alex and Yaz, uh, after things kind of go downhill with Tom and Freed, who end up, you know, kind of being captured by this family, uh, of course, Alex and Yaz, after all that goes down, appear at the hotel, and they quickly get captured as well. As it turns out, folks, um, the family are uh, neo-Nazis led by a former Nazi occupier of France who somehow has eluded um, the authorities for years and years by hiding out in the country. Um, So what proceeds in this film is just a um, collection of ghastly horrors. We have a man uh, gutted like a pig. We have someone's Achilles tendons cut. We have a man boiled alive inside of a boiler. We have human flesh-eating, human ba- descent, the movie Descent-esque human babies. Um, a dinner table scene that's very, very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then 
by the end of it, we do have um, Yaz, our main female protagonist, survives after a just insane shootout that involves her shooting like a gas canister and things are blowing up. And um, she survives at the end and escapes the ranch. And um, the family has one survivor and, you know, she is the mother to these weird descent babies. Um, and she wants to stick around and take care of her children. That is, uh, that I don't is the know, best yeah, I can do with this plot. You I said tried it my was best not, here. You said it was a uh, plot that relied, it was just mostly about the violence. But I was like, no, it actually has like a very complicated plot. <laughs> There's a lot of... There's a lot of characters, and they all have a lot of screen time. So it's hard to keep. Tra- I mean, it's not hard to keep track because they all like they all look really different and dress really different. So I know who everyone mm-hmm. is, but I'm like, okay, while well, this guy was here, these two people were here, and then these three people were over here. It's like okay, Hans is the father to the babies, but then Greg wants to is jealous of his yeah. brother. It's like okay, I I could go into all that, but. If anybody's interested, just watch the film. And actually, the characters are actually very interesting. They all have their own motivations, their own plots. But I don't really want to talk about the plot here. I want to talk more about the themes of the movie. And, you know, on paper, I think what I'm describing is a really interesting premise. I mean, it is really timely for our times now. I mean, we do have, I think the violence in the movie is symbolic of what, right-wing ideologies white supremacy does to and all of the characters in our film are lower class three of the characters are muslim people of color and i think the violence is very reflective of what the real life violence that occurs to people like this it's very stark the way it's presented in the film obviously but i think it's supposed to represent the violence that occurs to people again under white supremacy under far right-wing ideologies then there's a lot of interesting themes in this film you have you know white versus multicultural you have rural versus urban you have right versus left all this stuff but my question about this film was as i was watching this and the reason i ultimately fall down on the side that i just don't appreciate this film as i as much as i do a lot of other french extreme movies is i don't think it's the themes are effectively conveyed because of what occurs in the film the violence is a good representation of what people have to sacrifice overcome etc but and i kept on pointing this out to you we watched this film together and i kept on pointing this out to you the style of violence the mtv editing the the crazy camera work that the cuts that literally look like they're out of a music video from like the late 90s and the really cartoonish characterizations of the characters i think really undermines the themes of this film in the in the tone of the film is very serious this is not played for laughs or anything like this but you can't to me i can't help but laughing at the family patriarch who is like the most stereotypical nazi character you can imagine i can't help but laugh at these cuts where we get like a cut to like a cow head or something and then a cut like you know just music video style editing and you know i can't help but think like the the types of violence that is occurring to these characters and i think this is very much in contrast to a film like martyrs where it the violence being done to the characters is very real very disturbing and you don't look away from what's happening. So you're very upset what's happening to these characters. The violence in this film, you know, you have a gun shootout. You have, like, you know, people getting stabbed, people's tendons and skin being cut. I think it's very much akin to torture porn-style violence. And ultimately, like, 
this movie feels to me as if it's a movie that can't decide whether or not it's trying to make a point through its violence or whether or not it's trying to entertain with its violence. And I think ultimately, you know, again, the, the brutality from the characters is coming from characters we're supposed to hate. So I think the intention is there, but I do not think like the end product is there. And that's ultimately why I leave this film kind of feeling disappointed. But yeah, I mean, I I agree with you about the cuts and the editing. I wouldn't say this is a super well-made film. I think some of the acting is pretty good. I mean, not all of it is super good, but I can see how that detracts from the film for you. But I don't think like that was purposeful. I don't think the, editing of the violence what was to put more of an emphasis on the violence than there was on anything else i to me this reads like a film that had something it wanted to say and just didn't do that very well and and it seems like you're saying that you couldn't you couldn't determine whether it was just a torture porn film or a film that had something to say and i i do think it had something to say i just think the way that the filmmakers went about it wasn't super effective mm-hmm. And I will say, like, we were just joking about it, but part of that to me is just the complexity of the plot. Like, I get that, you know, our main characters are supposed to be, like, poor kids from the city who, you know, are disadvantaged and, like, we should be rooting for them and all that kind of stuff. But, like, all of the stuff in the beginning about them stealing the money didn't really have a big role in the rest of the film it and just then got them to go out into the country yeah basically. but it was like and 15 then, minutes of the film yeah and then i feel like there was a lot of backstory with a lot of the other characters that didn't end up being a huge part of the film like the film to me if it had just focused on like yaz like trying to escape from this family as opposed to like all of them trying to escape from the family kind of similar again to texas chainsaw massacre where there yeah there's other characters but like the film really is about Sally to me, you know, like I feel like that would have been a stronger film, but I think that like the Nazi subplot is pretty strong. And I think that it, it it is effective. It just takes up a weirdly small amount of the film. Yeah. Um, I, and I mean, I, I see your point about like, right-wing extremism and about how you know world events really are cyclical like we are living through another resurgence of right-wing extremism similar to what there was in the 30s and the 40s um in europe and then you know with the united states having to like also deal with that and i but but i also think that the film is kind of just about like france reckoning with its like nazi occupation history and like Mm -hmm. about the fact that yeah there are probably still nazis living in europe i mean there are for a fact like there are for a fact and like you know it kind of takes it to the extreme of that obviously um but i i was like saying to you during the film i was like man like do french people really still like hate germans that much like i i i do wonder if there's some kind of like nationalistic you know, sub commentary going on there that we don't really get as Americans, you know, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, everyone's a part of the EU. They all mm-hmm. must reasonably get along. But, but I know that's not true because I'm going to talk about that a little bit for my film, too. But like I, that's kind of what I I read it more as, I guess, kind of like a reckoning with the past type of thing. Yeah. And I I mean, I totally get that. But I guess it just goes back to me as I just don't think. I don't think the film did this effectively, and I thought it undermined itself. And 
on a few occasions. And it may be, like you said, because of kind of just the filmmaker's ability. But I also think it has to do with what the filmmaker decided to put in this film. And I'll read um, just a little excerpt from an actually pretty positive New York Times review uh, that came out in 2007 when the film was released by Manola Dargis. And, you know, she's saying, you know, basically, I think that the film's an effective, you know, allegory or an effective, um, has an effective social commentary. But even she says that some scenes veer dangerously close to the unpardonable with images that evoke the Holocaust too strongly. And that is, I guess, the crux of like the issues I have with this film is that, you know, we need to, if you're going to make a film like this, you need to approach the violence and characterizations and you know other parts of your film effectively if you want to make that point and if you're not able to do that then perhaps you're just not making the film that you think you're making and the director you know again as is typical with a lot of these French directors when who make these types of films comes out and says yeah this is what this film's about it's a very serious film blah 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 but like treat the subjects treat it seriously then that's really my biggest complaint and also, I do um, want to point out another issue uh, that I do have with this film is that it is placed in um, rural France. It is placed away from Paris. And the um, a, a woman named Alexandria West wrote, this, wrote a book in 2016 called Films of the New French Extremity, Visceral Horror and National Identity. And she says of this film that it explores the un... unattended elements of society the sections which are allowed to remain in realities that no longer exist in urban settings and i think in light of 2019 that's like just incredibly naive uh to think that white supremacy far-right ideologies neo-nazism is confined to rural settings and i think in one way this film is really like effective in today's times and it can be you know is a perfect film to see in 2019 but in another way in that way it's really really naive and i think this is a belief that people still cling to that all of these things that we don't like about america or europe is is rural and you know the things that we do like are urban and that's simply just that's just not true Mm -hmm. yeah they cling to it like they cling to their religion and god exactly yeah (laughs) urbanites cling to that belief like the rural people (laughs) cling to their religion and guns uh direct obama quote (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Um, I think, no, I think that's really true. And that also stood out to me about the film. Because another thing that I think is interesting that we haven't talked a lot about is that at least one, possibly more, of the characters that escape the urban envi- environment, like you said, are Muslim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the film treats it as like, as if like, yeah, man, like, we're all cool. Like, we're modern people trying to get away from these like backwards rural people as if as if racism and like xenophobia and like islamophobia against like muslim people like doesn't exist like and i get that within that group of friends that like that's true but kind of treating it like black and white like people in the cities are progressive and people who are in the rural areas are not progressive is is just not i mean it's just not true like you said i mean yeah, and that kind of, that's what stuck. Not that it's like I wanted there to be violence against the Muslim character or anything, but like that kind of stuck out to me as like just being a false false reality that it seemed like this film was kind of um, going for. But I don't know. I mean, I would say overall not the strongest film for me, but 
like you said, it is one of those five films that's like always mentioned with the genre. So I'm still glad I got to watch it mm-hmm. personally. But if I was suggesting films from this genre, this wouldn't be like in my top three, probably. Yeah, and I think that's eventually where I come down as well. It probably wouldn't even be in my top five or top eight or whatever you want to. I mean, there's not like a ton of these types of I was about films, to say, there's but... only like 15 films to choose yeah. from, so don't go too high. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> despite that, before I um, let you discuss your film, we go into your film. Um, I did want to kind of like give a few little, well, one piece of trivia about this film, uh, just to kind of highlight how extreme it really is. So... Um, in 2007, you've, uh, everybody who, you know, kind of shops for DVDs, collects DVDs, have seen those like Horror Fest DVDs um, of these films that you've never heard of in your entire life. So um, Frontiers was supposed to be at 2007's Horror Fest, but it got an NC-17 rating and it was actually banned from uh, Horror Fest, from premiering at Horror Fest. And in the, this might be a first of films that we've covered from the 2000s, but this film was uh, banned in Thailand for some reason. And I tried to do a little bit of research on why specifically it was banned in Thailand, but I could not figure, figure that out. But um, I think that might be a first where I saw a film in the 2000s uh, banned in any country. Um, you know, maybe I'm just not, you know, at least the films that we've covered but I just didn't, thought that was interesting, and that should give you a little bit of a taste of how extreme this film really is. So um, That's extremely dope. Yeah, really dope. That's my choice, because you know I'm going to bring it with the violence and gore with my choices. But yeah, Frontiers, uh, ultimately, not a strong recommendation for me. It's not a bad film by any means, but um, if you're going to go into this genre, I think a lot of, I think it kind of highlights, Frontiers highlights kind of where these types of films can kind of go wrong a little bit i think but in terms of just an entertainment experience i think it is an entertaining film yeah and it has like the amazing early 2000s dvd splash screen that i love which is god i used to when i was doing sleepovers with tori and we would watch horror movies on dvd like the like landing homepage where they just play frightening music and show you like a scary image like waking up at 2 a.m and that's still being on that brought back good memories (laughs) But okay, well, are you are we ready to get into? Let's move on. Film? All right, let's do it. So I am going to be doing them, which is known in French as Il, a 2006 film directed by David Moreau and Xavier Pollard, starring Olivia Bonamy as Clementine and Michael Cohen as Lucas. They are the two main characters. There are other characters, but these are pretty much the only two that we get to know in any situation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So. Clem, which is an amazing nickname for Clementine. I love that. She is a, um, so they they live in Romania and she is a teacher and she teaches French to Romanian students, basically, which immediately just reminded me of all of the friends I have who went to go teach English in like Japan and like South Korea and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. That's just like a thing that people do. Yeah, including including my friend Lane. Shout out to Lane. Exactly. Shout out to Lane. It's like, you want to go live in another country and you're like, what skills do I have? I speak English. Okay, let's go. (laughs) But anyway, so she's there. She's teaching French. And at the beginning of the film, we see her in her like classroom and she goes home to Lucas, who's like her boyfriend or partner of some sort. And he's a writer. And he is writing on a very old laptop, which I love. Was, it, it, is. it looked like it was like when you close that thing, you looked like you could yeah. smash that against the wall and it wouldn't affect it at all. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. so thick. <laughs> it's extremely thick. So 
I have no fucking clue how they are living in the biggest house I think I've ever seen in a film period. They are living in like a mansion and she's like a teacher and he's a writer, but whatever. Maybe he's very <laughs> successful. I, I don't tend to like him as a character. So I, in my mind, he's a failure, but maybe he's a successful He's a writer. little bit of a dingle. I have to yeah. say. <laughs> um, and so basically the film is that they wake up in the middle of the night to a strange noise and they're like, what's that? And they basically begin being terrorized by some unknown people it's it's essentially a home invasion movie i realized uh, which i love yeah. i love home invasion yeah, yeah. movies so that's kind of why i chose this film and so um they're trying to get away from these unknown people and uh they get separated basically clem gets separated from lucas because he's like injured and he's like go on without me because they're in the forest and she has to like jump over a fence it's like this whole i mean it's a very tense tight film um there's a lot of really claustrophobic moments where she has to like crawl like through pipes and stuff because eventually she ends up like in the sewers um Mm. underneath the city and it's impossible to talk about this film without like spoiling it so basically she gets under there she kind of gets away from her attackers and all of a sudden you hear like these voices talking and uh, you know or no they capture her and she like is coming to and you hear these voices and like you realize that they're children they're like i mean i would say the youngest is maybe nine and the oldest is like maybe 12 or 13 mm-hmm. so it's actually children that have been terrorizing them this whole time and she manages to get away from them again um and she's crawling along and she's in these pipes underground and all of a sudden she sees like this light and she starts crawling towards the light really excited and then she sees it's like a storm grate and so there's bars barring her exit and they drag her back and then at the end of the film you see like these kids like happily skipping towards their school bus which i will say is very disturbing so so yeah i mean it's not a very complicated plot um it's mo it's literally i mean an hour of them trying to like escape these kids which at the time you don't know are kids i want to start off by saying like all the things that i like about the film and then i'll end with kind of like a problematic reading of the film so What I like about the film is that I think both the actors are really good. I think it can be, because I watch a lot of home invasion films, and I would say most of them are pretty good. I think it can be hard to play sustained panic for like an hour without making the audience feel bored. And I think that there's a lot of moments in this film where the action kind of slows down enough to allow the characters to display something other than just panic. You know, like there's a lot of moments of tenderness between the two of them. There's a lot of moments where they're, they can be empowered as they're trying to get away. Um, and so the movie has kind of a good pacing like that, which like keeps your interest essentially. Um, I also love the setting. As I said, I don't understand how they are living in such a big house, but it does allow for a lot of, you know, like run this way, go up in the attic, yeah. like yeah. come back to so it's it's visually interesting, whereas, you know, other films like I'm gonna dog on the strangers here for a little bit, but huh? like the strangers is like <laughs> not as visually striking to me. What? Oh my god. I can't believe we're going here already. You know I don't li- like love the strip. I mean, I don't hate it. It does have that guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in <laughs> yeah. it, which I love. Yeah. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, that's um, right. So I I love that. I really like Lucas and Clementine's relationship, like, they, to me, they have a lot of chemistry, and they, like, read as an actual couple, so, like, her having to leave him behind when she, like, is escaping, like, actually 
makes you feel like really bad for her and like really bad for him. Like you, you get emotionally invested in the characters, which is essential in a home invasion film. Cause otherwise as a horror fan, you might be like rooting for like the villains. Yeah. Cause you want to see some like fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, speaking of New French Extremity as a genre, I would say this is actually not a very gory film. So if you're someone who's not into gore or into, like, violence, even though it's fucked up because there's kids, like, I would say this is probably the least extreme film of the genre that I've seen. Would, would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think I was trying to think, like, this is this always gets lumped in with French Extremity films. And I was trying to think why. And I guess it's my best guess was because of the high no pun intended the high amount of tension in this film um (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i think like that is like we always think of as extreme films as being like super gory and stuff but the scene some of the scenes in this film how like tense they are i think that's really difficult for people to watch i think that's why home invasion movies are so popular now because they are just really scary and relatable and um yeah this is definitely like if that is not your cup of tea like you know these tense like home invasion style movies you won't like it but if what turns you off about the genre or the movement is the high levels of gore and violence this is a perfect film uh like first film to watch i think yeah and i mean i will say as someone who's i would say top three favorite horror film subgenres is home invasion Mm -hmm. movies this is I mean, it's not in the top top for me, but I think this is like a really solid film from that um, angle. And yeah, I like, I mean, I think it's really well shot, really well acted. I think the story is tight, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, unlike Frontier, where it's like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. so much to fill. Um, but I, I do want to talk about why I think this film is included um, with other new French extreme films. And that is because... To me, it really does read as kind of like a French identity crisis. So this is a young, seemingly kind of progressive, liberal, you know, modern French couple Mm -hmm. living in a remote, like, I I believe they're supposed to be in Budapest, but like their house. Sorry. Bucharest. Sorry. Bucharest. (laughs) No, you're right. Bucharest. My bad. Okay. Those, those are very similar city (laughs) names. Excuse you, Taylor. (laughs) Jeez. Um, So they... They are in, like, kind of a remote estate. Outside of a city, sure, but, like, in a rural area. And I'm not going to claim that I came up with this reading of the film on my own. I actually read a really interesting blog post about this. Unfortunately, I was not able to find it again. Like, Um, I did a lot of different kinds of Googling, but I couldn't find this exact blog post. But if I do find it, I'll add it. Yeah, I'll add it to the notes, the show notes. But basically, someone pointed out that this film was made in 2006, and in 2006, uh, Romania entered the EU. And so there's a lot of, like, reading about Eastern European countries entering the EU and what that what that might mean for the, kind of, like, the identity of the EU, which, which started as more of, like, a Western mm-hmm. um, European organization. And so, and again, this was pointed out in the blog, po- blog post, but to reiterate, like, there is no real reason for this film to be set in Romania except for that, like, the villains are Romanian. And, like, why is that? Why can this not be a home invasion film, you know, set in France with with French home invaders, you know, French children? Mm-hmm. And so there is there is this kind of, like, uncomfortable reading of the film where it's, like, Romania 
is invading like our urbane Western European space. Mm-hmm. Um, I will point out that this film is quote unquote based on a real story <laughs> and that real story did happen in Romania. And so that is, I mean, that is the obvious answer for why that is. But I do think it's kind of a coincidence that in 2006, Romania entered the EU and in 2006, it, this film was it's made. Not a, you know? It's not a coincidence. I mean, it, I think it, it's clear that they meant to do that thing. And, you know, we were discussing this over text um, before I had watched the film. So I, I, it was the second time I watched the film. I actually watched it this morning, so it's fresh on my mind right now. And we were discussing this. So I was... My thought is is that if you have, like when we're discussing, if you have a reading on a film, my thought is how do I read it like the opposite way? How do I give, so in this case, I was thinking, how do I give this director the benefit of the doubt to think that perhaps what he's saying is like a commentary about how French people thought about Romania coming in? But really, the straw that kind of broke the camel's back for me is the fact that the home invaders are children, which is basically mm-hmm. characterizing Romanians as children, like causing chaos to this poor French family. And honestly, like, I like this film. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was tense. I thought it was scary. Uh, my one criticism was, I think, like, watching it on my tiny TV as opposed to the big screen. I think I would have been actually scared if I watched this on a big screen. That's, like, what kind of film it strikes me as. Home invasion movies are always more effective on the big screen. However, I really, by the end, kind of ended up hating this film because of the way, like, the whole political commentary of it's so offensive to me. And a lot of these Eastern European countries, you know, Poland, Romania, Hungary, you know, whatever, a lot of the reason why they're trying to join the EU is to improve their citizens' quality of life. That's, you know, whether or not that happens is arguable, but the reason you join the EU is to be a part of the system to improve citizens' quality of life, to improve security, whatever. And, as this is going on, for for this film to be saying, like, no, what you're actually doing is just making our lives worse, I think is so selfish. And to, like, again, to characterize the Romanians as children just kind of causing chaos to this, you know, perfect French family, I just thought it was very, very offensive. And I was surprised, you know, the first time I watched this film, I didn't have this reading. And I was glad to have had this discussion with you about it beforehand to kind of view it in that way. And I'm really surprised because, you know, with French extreme films, there are a lot of issues, as we've discussed before, but a lot of times they are trying at least to make progressive points. And this is a very clearly, like, regressive film. So I was surprised to see this type of message being put forth by a film like this. And yeah, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like, we are not... European like and we don't have kind of that same context Mm -hmm, but I think there's a lot I think there's a lot to be said about what the identity of the EU is especially like when you're talking about Brexit and about the fact that a lot of people voted for Brexit in in Great Britain because like they had an identity as being like British or or whatever English and not as being like European Mm -hmm. like pan-European Um, But I think the argument kind of goes the other way. Like, I think there always has been a divide between Western Europe and Eastern Europe in terms of culture. And part of that later on became, you know, that Eastern Europe was communist and part of the USSR. And so the reason why they have wanted to enter the EU, as you said, was to improve their quality of life because a lot of their economies collapsed after the fall, you know, of the Berlin Wall and after the fall of the Soviet Union. 
And it's kind of the same in the United States, like, about, like, building a border wall. Like, instead of trying to build, like, a pan-European or a pan-American, like, identity and, like, let's help each other out and, like, hey, like, you know, everyone can build to, like, a culture where we are, like, all mutually helping each other and mutually, like, building, like, this great new culture. It's, like, a very us-versus-them mentality. And I was, Mm -hmm. honestly, I was, like, pretty surprised to see that in this film because, you know, again, like, you have this view that, like, French people are progressive, and that's, it's just, like, a very non-progressive I mean, the name of the film is Them. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's pretty stark. Exactly. I mean, we didn't even talk about that, but, yeah, it is, it's Them, as in, like, us versus Them. I mean, and when you first view this film, I would say you would read it as Them, because it's very vague, and, like, throughout the film, like, it is very vague about, like, who is attacking them, you know, meaning the French family. But, like, kind of reading it in this context, um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like they're the other. Yeah. You know. And, you know, I do want to reiterate what you said. We we live in the United States. Like, we don't have, like, a firsthand view of, like, European politics and all of that stuff. But, you know, I, I only have the background of stuff that we discussed about this film, what was going on when this film is made. But it's just kind of a very offensive view to take towards you know another culture because it's not only like kind of a message about Romania entering the EU it kind of is a message about like French superiority um, over like a country like Romania and it's particularly stark to me and you mentioned the fall of the Soviet Union you know when that occurred I mean the fall of the Soviet Union was due to Western powers I mean the reason that these economies collapsed in the late 80s is because of the fall of the Soviet Union, which was caused by like Western powers like France and the United States and things like that. So, I mean, the idea to me, and again, this is as someone who doesn't like read about European politics, doesn't understand it, but just, you know, my view to me, the idea that, you know, you would be contributing towards this destruction of this society and you wouldn't let them into your, you know, the European Union to be able to try and like build themselves back up and take like this action. It's just, I don't know, just kind of ridiculous. It's selfish. And selfish. Yeah. And, you know, that's, again, this mo- this film as like for entertainment purposes, again, I-, I wish I'd seen it on the big screen. It is scary. It is suspenseful. But like the political message may- really kind of ruins it for me. Yeah. I will say, kind of just to wrap up our overall discussion of New French Extreme, these films, um, as Curtis's friend Johnny once said about his AP grades, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, (laughs) About my AP grades. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. To be clear, Johnny did very well on his AP exams. (laughs) Curtis did not. Um, Like, I would say, like, on their face, every new French extreme horror film I've watched, I've really liked. I've mm-hmm. felt is very interesting. I've felt is very different from other things I've seen. Like, I can't really compare these films. Like, you said torture porn because it was going on in the United States at the same time, not because you think they're similar. Mm-hmm. I would say that's the closest thing, uh-huh. I would say, but not really, you know. It's like, um, it's interesting because it is a lot like torture porn, but it's torture porn with, like, a social message, which a is twist. with with a twist, <laughs> so that can either help or hurt the movie. And I think in our cases, we both discuss films that are really good on their face, but kind of like the messaging kind of drags it down a little bit. And I think that is it's torture porn with meaning. And you would think that is a good thing, like when you say that, but in actuality, it's a much more of a mixed bag than that. So. Mm-hmm. 
And I will say um, kind of the last French film that I just want to bring up briefly, which I guess some people are lumping un- under a new French extreme is raw. Mm. I will say it's kind of, to me, the opposite. Um, I didn't really like raw that much. I thought it was kind of boring to be honest with you. And the extremity that I was promised for raw, even as, a vegan because people were like, Oh, it's so gross. Like, especially vegetarians will hate it. And I was like, meh, we'll see. like, but the message I thought of that film was really strong and really good. So that to me is kind of like the opposite of what we're talking about, which is like, wasn't necessarily like great to watch, but like loved the message. Um, and so I guess to wrap up, uh, I feel like we've touched upon a lot of films, but are there any other films of this movement that you would suggest or would like to talk about? Um, I mean, I kind of mentioned all the films that I'm really into in this movement, to be honest. Yeah, there's only there's only about 15, and I think we mentioned I Shaitan is another one uh, that I liked, you know, middle of the pack in terms of this movement. One film I haven't seen that I really want to see is Calvier. Uh, I, don't, oh. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but recently, Who Will Survive uh, podcast talked about it, but that's actually a Belgian film. Oh, uh, Calvier. Calvier, yes, Calvier. Yeah. yeah. But um, the ones I would really like recommend that people go out and watch if they again this is a genre movement whatever you want to call it that where you must have like a strong stomach um and like a be ready to see things that will upset you but uh, you know again martyrs i've talked about that inside is fantastic uh film and it's really like challenging in terms of its message um so i would really suggest that one and um like I said earlier, I really enjoyed Pascal. I, I'm just a fan of Pascal Langier, uh, who made Martyrs, but he made Incident in a Ghostland, or some people just call it Ghostland. I've seen it there as well. He made that last year, and I was a really big fan of that film. So I would suggest all of those films. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, overall, mixed bag. Still suggest people check some mm-hmm. of these films out, mm-hmm. especially if you, like me, are very obsessed with modern horror films. Um, I think this started to lay the groundwork for the horror resurgence that we see today along with the recent j horror films that we talked about and i would say also korean horror oh yeah um, well it's definitely do an know, episode on that soon yeah i the early 2000s were a little uh bleak in the united states but in those three countries horror was going very strong so um so without further ado because we're going a little long uh curtis what have you been watching lately? Well, um, been watching more Joe Bob Briggs, and one of the films that I watched, and please remind me if I already talked about this on our last podcast, but I, I watched Society. He covered Society recently. I think you talked about two other films okay, on the good. last one. Yeah. So Society, um, just a little spoiler, a little inside info for the listeners, is going to inspire a future episode that we're doing, because I was... I'm surprised I've never seen this film before. It was made by Brian Usna in 1989, who Brian Usna is very closely associated with. um, Oh, God, who made Reanimator? It's off the. Oh, shit. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't believe I can't remember. I feel embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So uh, Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon made Reanimator. So he's very closely associated with Stuart Gordon. Him and Stuart Gordon actually wrote the screenplay for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Good little uh, tidbit A dope there. film. Very dope obviously. film. But Society is probably the best film I've seen all year. I was, you know, obviously it's not a film that came out this year. I was so into it. And it was only made better by, you know, Joe Bob Briggs, Joe Bob Briggs commentary. And I have to imagine that I'm going to go revisit this film for maybe a future episode that we do. Um, you know, I don't know 
what for. Because again, it's inspiring a future episode that we're going to do, but I'm not going to use it for that future episode. But I would love to talk nice. about that film on this pod sometime. Uh, it's just a I'd fantastic to- film. I love it when I watch a really good movie or when I remember a really good horror movie and then I just pick a theme that that movie would fit. Yeah, into, see, I'm not, doing it. I'm not doing that this time, <laughs> but um, I definitely want to talk about this film sometime in the future. Great special effects, great message, just great everything. I fucking loved it. So another film I watched um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, I'm going to be using the Slenderman scale here. Oh, God, um, okay. Love using the Slenderman but, scale. Uh, I'm sure... Uh, horror avid horror fans will remember um, 2017's Bye Bye Man. Remember that when that film came out? Okay, I remember when it came out, but I never watched. No, so that's uh, that's for the best. Um, so Bye Bye Man was probably the most panned film of 2017, not just horror film. Um, so I thought, you know, I was hanging out with friends Wednesday night in Tallahassee, had a long week of work and travel and all this stuff, and I just, you know got in at eight o'clock i was like can we just watch something really dumb so we watched bye bye man and um i won't go into the plot or anything it's it's a bad horror movie however the thing that did shock me is it really wasn't as bad as a ton of movies like i've seen a lot of bad horror movies since we started this podcast it really wasn't that bad and anybody who has seen it and what did think it was like the worst movie they've ever seen i'd love to hear from you because this again this movie was like shit on by the horror community like 2017 you couldn't find like a a worst horror movies of 2017 list that didn't have bye bye man as number one and i really didn't think it was that bad uh i would give it about like four or five slender men you know like oh wow okay you know it's it's at least four times better than slender man so i really didn't think it was that bad it was a lot of fun to like drink and talk during it wasn't a film that we were all intently watching we're just making jokes about it the whole time i thought it was a lot of fun but um you know, just wanted to – I'm really curious about, like, the hate for this film because I kind of don't get it. Uh, so I'd be interested, like, anybody who does really hate this film, please email us. I'd love to um, love to know about that. And then, um, finally, I am in the middle of watching The Perfection right now, which you recommended to okay. me just this morning. I'm, I'm 45 minutes say, through. I was about to say, if you steal my nope. watched of the week – I, I, that always happens though. I'll text you. I'll be like, wow, I watched this amazing film. <laughs> you asked and me to talk like, first. And then you'll, you're going to, you're like, oh, okay, I'll watch you it. And then you'll be like, first. anyway, I'll go first. <laughs> no, but please uh, but yeah. go into it. Go into it. What did you yeah. think of it? I, again, please no spoilers. I'm only 45 minutes in. So what yeah. do you think about oh, it? Oh, shit. Well, to be honest with you, um, I might want to save this discussion of the perfection for a future episode oh. once you've actually watched it with a, uh, with a, Spoiler warning. Wow, I couldn't think of the word spoiler well, for a second. Just so you because know, I just got to like the 45-minute mark, part three. So that's that's where I am. There was like a little bit of a twist already. Uh, There's more twists. I still twist. don't want to okay, get it. Fine. Yeah. There, it's, it's, it's a film that's predicated on subverting your expectations, I will say. I have a lot of feelings about what kind of the ultimate message of it was. But overall, I really liked this film. And I'm at the point where... Uh, Allison Williams could hit me over the head with a shovel and I would thank her. Like, mm-hmm. I love her so much. She's your um, doppelganger. She, that's why. She's not my doppelganger. <laughs> she looks just she like not, you. <laughs> because, just because she is white and has big teeth doesn't mean that we look like. Um, uh, but yeah, I really, I think that she is like a great horror actor and I hope that she continues to do horror films because totally I think agree. she's really good in this. Um, but yeah, The Perfection, if no one has seen it, it's out on Netflix. Um, 
God, you haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to spoil we'll anything. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about it next episode. There would be a few trigger warnings that I would put on it, mm-hmm. though. So if you are someone who is sensitive at all to kind of common trigger warnings, and again, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to spoil it, but like maybe tread lightly or look up the film uh, before you watch it. That's all I'll say. Um, Curtis, I think that you will be okay, but some of our listeners might not be okay with some of the events of the film gotcha. is all I'll say. Um, you've already gotten past one of the big things that I would warn people about. Yeah. So if that gives you a flavor of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So uh, two other things I want to talk about. I, I finally watched a Joe Bob Briggs special, Ooh. or as I like to call him, Jim Bob Briggs. I've literally you called, him called him that him twice Jim- in text. <laughs> I know. And I called him Jim Bob to Justin just now. To be fair to me, I'm, I was obsessed with the Duggars before we all found out that that one Duggar kid was like a piece of shit. I mean, I know they're all probably pieces of shits, but... Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so, yeah, I watched a Joe Bob special. I watched his coverage of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer because I have always wanted to watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So it kind of seemed like the perfect moment for me because I had been wanting to watch a, a Joe Bob special. And it was wonderful. I had so much fun. Um, I At the beginning, uh, he said to uh, finish your beer every time Otis says, Hey, can I have a beer in the film? <laughs> I didn't do that. I would have gotten would have very gotten drunk. drunk. Yeah. But I did take two large sips of wine every time that happened, and I still got pretty drunk. So it was really fun. Um, and I would I would suggest people check that out too, especially if you've never seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, because um, I really fa- I really found that Joe Bob's commentary added a lot to the experience for me, and I'm really glad that that was my first time watching. And it. that's um, that's a great film to watch of his because that movie is so dark. Like you kind of yeah. need that levity to break it up a little bit. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is that, and I I'm sad that they meet, be, beat us to the punch, but Dead Meat did coverage a review of the Human Centipede. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've wanted to talk about the Human Centipede on this show, and I still think that we might because um, I really like that film, and I feel and what Chelsea said in the episode is that it has such a reputation that no one bothers to do like an actual analytic review of the film mm-hmm. and she's like and so that's what we're gonna do and i just thought their episode on the human centipede was really good so i would suggest anybody who is somewhat vaguely interested in the human centipede should listen to it because as a fan of that film i thought it was really like insightful and i would say even if you're not a fan of the film because the other co-host was not when the <laughs> when they started their episode um you know I think it has like a lot of value, yeah. so I would just suggest people check that out if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. I have it; it's on my feed right now. I haven't listened to it just yet, but will soon. Have you you saw this human centipede though? Yeah, yeah, I saw two okay. as well, and I haven't Ew. seen. Oh, three. that's right. Yeah, yeah, two's yeah. fucked up. I not. It's it's even a little fucked up for me, but um, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, well, cool. Um, I guess that wraps up our episode here on New French Extreme. Thank you guys so much for listening. As I said at the top of the show, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already, we would really appreciate it. We've read all five reviews that we've been left a million times. We really appreciate them. Please leave us more. We're desperate. Again, can't stress that enough. I read those every time I'm feeling down. I just go to the reviews page and just (laughs) soak those babies in. Uh, we also did not get any new emails, which is weird because, uh, again, we've always we've shill for emails. Two people said yeah. they were going to email, and they didn't. I was just – I know. I, I won't call any names. I'll text you personally. Catherine. 
Oh, Catherine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I started naming names. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to email us, ahhrealfilms at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at ahhrealfilms. And then Curtis, hit him with the Twitter. Uh, films. Uh, we got some hilarious content on our Twitter. I'm laughing at that some thing sweet, all sweet the time. Yes, yeah, sweet tent on our Twitter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, give us a follow. We'll get to 50 soon enough. And if you're our 50th follower, we will shout you out on oh, air. Oh, yeah. So how about um, that? Well, I want to shout out our biggest Twitter fan, which is Good Morning Nancy. Hey, ladies, how you doing? <laughs> I know you're listening. Um, well, thank you guys, everyone, so much for listening. And we will see you in two weeks on uh, Real Films. That was sweet. Bye, folks. lost my notes nice should i accent hold on i accidentally deleted my notes somehow zam okay i don't know how i did this but i accidentally deleted my note but i got it back don't worry